0: I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. Annie McEwen has a question about sound. See, her hearing is really good. In fact, I'd call her like a super-hearer.
1: I am a su- super-hearer, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> the super hearer doesn't really run, run off the tongue, does it? <laughs>
1: super-hearer. No, it's a bit clumsy, but yeah, that's me. I can hear my cat outside my door. I can hear sort of like low humming of the house heater and things like, you know, if there's a tap that's dripping, it drives me crazy because I cannot not hear it. And so many other people, it doesn't even bother them at all.
0: Okay, so Annie, you have a question.
1: Yeah, I have a question. Um, The question is, what sounds can I not hear? I'm sure there's sort of this infinite number of other sounds that I just can't quite hear because my ears are just that of a mere human, even though I am a super hearer. I'm still human, so.
0: This reminds me of when I first learned that our eyes can only see like a certain wavelength of light, right?
1: It's true. I mean, our eyes can only see certain colors, and there are so many colors that we can't even imagine. Like, what what is that like in sound? Like, what sounds can we just have no concept of? And they're happening around us all the time, I'm sure, but we're blind to them, or we're deaf to them.
0: We're ear blind, I believe the term is. <laughs> Let's talk technically here, okay? Let's use the right terminology, all right, Annie?
1: Okay, sorry, earblind. We are earblind to them. Yeah,
0: okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm Andrew Norton and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast. Brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask. Inquire. Seek the truth. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. Milton Garces runs the University of Hawaii's Infrasound Laboratory, and it's a little counterintuitive, but he says that to study sounds we can't hear, you have to start by listening to some really loud stuff. I
2: listen to anything big that blows up, really. (laughs) And there are things coming in from space that blow up, meteors or satellite reentries. And then there are things near the Earth's surfaces. Volcanoes are one of them tornadoes, storms, anything that moves a lot of volume usually generates an infrasonic signature.
0: So I'm trying to figure out about sounds that we can't hear or at least can't perceive, but you know these things that you're talking about are are usually very loud anyway, so I'm thinking like, okay, volcanoes, what are you talking about? I can I can hear those, but you listen in a, in a different way, right? Yeah,
2: infrasound is sound that is below what we usually call hearing. So we are surrounded by sound. We are immersed in it. We lived in a fluid. We walk through it, and uh, if we were fish, it would be the equivalent of if we swim through it. And uh, some of it we perceive, but there's a huge range that we don't. On the high end is ultrasound, and in the low end is infrasound. Ultrasound is for little squeaky things or for echolocating for bats and things like that, short range. The infrasound is for big things. And uh, these type of vibration go right through us, through our bodies. And we usually don't perceive it unless they're really big and really loud. It's a way for our system to say, oh, oh, watch out, something big is coming.
0: What you're saying is this infrasound is too low. It doesn't even register on our eardrums. Is that right? We cannot really hear it. We can
2: perceive it. The reason I think we don't hear it is because we'll go nuts if we did. (laughs) Because it's continuous, it's persistent. So I think at some point our biological systems, when this is too much, man, And our eardrums are designed, they're little things for a little head, for (laughs) some, yeah, for, you know, if you look at elephants, they got big heads and big ears, we have little heads and little ears. So we're tuned to uh, vibrations that have length scales on the size of our head, really.
0: (laughs) Is there a version of this infrasound that you can actually play for me, like something that I can actually perceive and, and, and hear?
2: One of the things uh, we did the uh, last decade was uh, we looked at the, the sound from waves breaking from surf. And what we found was we can tell where the hardest breaking wave is. Where, where mm. is it coming from? what is What part of the shoreline? The geotypical wave interval is about 10 seconds. Now, these waves moving sets. So what you're hearing there is the sets hitting the shoreline in the Big Island of Hawaii,
0: sped up by a hundred times. So it's almost like a heartbeat or something. Yeah, it's a tempo. Exactly. So you run an infrasound laboratory, so I'm guessing there are some other applications here aside from, hey, this seems really cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Infrasound went away for a few decades, and it came back with the signing of the Comprehensive uh, Test Ban Treaty. The 6 to essentially ban all nuclear tests in the world. And uh, to verify that that's happening, uh, we deploy this global network of infrasound sensors. And now we've reached kind of uh, the point where we've completed most of that installation and this network is alive and going well. And we're just hoping that the treaty goes to force in the very near future. In the process of creating this network, we discovered all kinds of other applications for civil defense and also for essentially Chasing surf or doing other type of personal tracking of activity and performance.
0: Huh. So it can be used from everything from preventing, you know, arms testing to finding a wave. Yes. Finding a place to surf. That's correct. <laughs> the idea behind it, though, is if someone sets off a giant bomb halfway across the world, we won't be able to hear that with our ears, but we could pick that up with these infrasound devices, right? That's correct. So how do you pick up these sounds? This microphone I'm using
2: right now to speak with you that comes with the iPhone six actually actually has a really good infrasound response. And so, um, yeah, if you download the infrasound app, you can actually record infrasound
0: with your phone. If I were to, say, be able to hear the infrasound of me just standing here in my office, what would that sound like? You will pick up the
2: train when it passes by. You'll also get our background hum continuous uh, from the traffic noise, and that will vary during day and night. And if there's any construction or heavy machinery, you pick that up too. So you have a rich field.
0: Well, it's it's funny how this uh, being able to hear this infrasound almost gives you another sense, right? We're adding
2: another sense or an enhancement of our sense of hearing, and a sense of scale that we usually are not familiar with. We're now we're dealing with things at distances of tens of kilometers. Now we're expanding beyond that, even going to global scales.
0: We're not in Kansas anymore, is what you're
2: saying? Pretty much, right? <laughs> <laughs> Back your shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, that is amazing. I just love the way he described, like we're swimming through this hidden world of sound. And if we did hear it, we'd lose our mind. (laughs) So our tiny heads with our tiny ears are actually saving us from this. It's really amazing.
0: I don't want to get all touchy feely here, but it does kind of make you feel like, damn, you know, there's a whole lot out there that us humans can't even have a sense of, right?
1: Yeah, and there's something comforting about that being affected by something bigger than me. I wish I was more in tune with that more often, actually.
0: One thing I noticed, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but he used the term, quote unquote, what we would normally call hearing. And I think that to me is just like, that's just a sign this guy is on the next level. You know, like this guy's about to drop some heavy knowledge.
1: I'm about to peel back your understanding of this. Exactly. I mean, it's a way of almost like taking off the blinders or something. Like, I'm pretty excited about that.
0: This is like some Matrix right here.
1: I know! That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> it's true because, you know, in The Matrix, when he goes in and he's just like, all these green letters flashing yep, by, yep. and he like sees all.
0: That's in for sound.
1: This is matrix <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say <laughs> but this is <laughs> matrix
0: <laughs> Completely optional knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. It's made by JP Davidson and me, Andrew Norton, and Breakmaster Cylinder created our theme music. Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to subscribe to the show, to hear other episodes, and of course, to ask your questions, because after all, we can't make this thing without your questions. And please, the weirder, the better. Drop us a line on the website or call us at 202-697-6912 and leave us a voicemail with your weird question. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. And hey, I want to welcome our new subscribers this week. We have some really great episodes coming up, and I promise you'll really enjoy them. And if you have been enjoying the show so far, be a pal. Give us one of those ratings on iTunes, man. They really, really help us.
2: Science.